0: Welcome to Therefore Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Martin, and Judy Mustang, and we are so excited to be back with you guys again this week. We are doing it a little different today because we're kind of just, we're on the fly, I guess.
1: Yeah. It's going to be good though.
0: It will. We So we thought we had a topic picked out, and then something that we had said in our last week's episode kind of clicked, and it caused us to just totally switch directions because sometimes that's what God does to you. And so um, this week we are talking about, it's a tough one too, church hurts. Yeah. Been there.
1: I think if we've been in the church for any length of time, we've been there.
0: I've had to, I, you know, we kind of laughed about this because neither one of us came in with notes today <laughs> because we were <laughs> like, well, we just have personal experience yeah. with this one. Like we can just talk on this one. And we were saying earlier that like sometimes church hurt is like very minor things that, you know, just hurt your feelings, you know. They don't like the songs or they're, you know, whatever. They didn't like the decoration or the however something was handled. That kind of stuff happens. That's just that's just people things. There are other kinds of church hurts that are significant and deserve to be acknowledged and addressed. And I don't know, I think we're gonna kinda talk about both of those things a little bit today. So I don't know if you wanna share how much you want to share of your own story. I, I've been pretty um open and vulnerable with my own story in the past. I've done a podcast episode on it previously and written about it on a blog and all kinds of things. But um, and, I, and I share it with people because the number of people who have gone through a significant church hurt and it, and it has caused them to question or to leave the church – and we talked about mm-hmm. all the different reasons why people leave the church – I don't know, I kind of feel like sometimes it's just one of those things where like, maybe God let me go through this so that I could share it with someone else. I mean, maybe that's not why, but, you know, he can take all things and make them for his good. So I assume that he's just using those, you know, to kind of bring people back.
1: Yeah, I think it's probably one of the most significant um, strategies of the enemy to pull people out of the church.
0: That's the best way, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if you're not there, you're not.
1: Yeah, I see this so many times within our church walls and, you know, there's such a wonderful support system inside the church. I mean, it's where the Lord uses our giftings. It's where we support one another. It's where we grow in Jesus. And so if I was the enemy, the one thing that I would do to try to pull you out through offense, through hurt, I mean, I would do whatever I could to get you out of the church and so that your gifting couldn't be used. And it seems to me that that's the strategy of the enemy.
0: Take it out of the foundation, right? Yeah. We talked about this in our last episode uh, and it's Hebrews. I think it's Hebrews 10 that says... Do not give up meeting together, Mm as some are in the habit of doing, but instead, you know, continue to build each other up and encourage each other. And that's very much a paraphrase. But if he can take you out of that place, you become an easier target than you already were.
1: Well, it's almost like divide and conquer. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> you know absolutely. I mean, if he can pull you out, and, and like I said, I, I say these things kind of flippantly, but I, I feel like the enemy has sermons that he pulls out and that he preaches to us. And one of them is you don't belong, or they didn't really notice you, or you're not appreciated. You know, um, you're not needed. Nobody noticed that you were there. I mean, I'm sure that you've all heard that sermon preached to you. And so he can ostracize you and pull you out and make you feel... Like you're not important, that you're not needed, um, that you're not wanted, that you're not a part of. And then if he can get you to question any of those things and you begin to slip back and not going and making excuses not to come to the house of the Lord, and then he's got you. I mean, he has snared you.
0: He doesn't even have to do anything, really.
1: He can just make you think something, put doubt in your heart. You know, did you notice that they didn't say hi to you today?
0: Right. And that's all it takes. And then we do the rest of the work ourselves.
1: Yeah. And he will make sure that 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 one person misses you or that the pastor didn't catch you that day or that the pastor's wife didn't hug you or whatever it is to make you doubt Mm -hmm. your worth in the house of God.
0: It's really sad how easy it is to get a person to tear themselves down and i think that's something man in this post covid world if there's anything we learned it was about what comes with isolation yeah. we are not a people that is supposed to be on our own no ever i mean time alone is great but you still need to have well he created your eve because people. he said it's not good he right. said it's not
1: good that man be alone
0: right and all of that we went through with covid and schools shutting down and workplaces shutting down and all of that what we saw was that what happened when, when people were isolated? That's it. Depression, anxieties. I mean, the suicide rates went up. All because people, not all because, but a good part of they they lost their connection. They lost their their support. And yeah, what an easy way to right? get you to to miss that.
1: You know, even in the animal world, if there is a prey that is seeking after something, he tries to separate it. And, you know, if it's, if there's anything hurt on it or weak on it, um, he will isolate that, that animal first, you know, and, right. you know, hello, that's, that's nature. It is. Yeah. And, and what does the enemy do with us? If there's anything weak, if there's any hurt in us, right. it's, you know, he doesn't play by the rules. He kicks you when you're down because if he can get you out of the house of God, away from his people, away from support, away from strength, away from, you know, getting closer to God and growing in Christ, away from you using the giftings and the callings of God that he has placed inside of you, then he has stopped you. And he has actually really aborted the purpose and plan of God in you.
0: I guess some of these things that I was thinking of when we first started talking about this church hurt topic is, um, of course, my own, my own story with that. Before I get into that, I, I I think it's just so important that people realize that churches are people. That's it. Because we're still people and we are not perfect, we are going to be hurtful at times. There are times I go into church and I'm aggravated about something else that's happening in my life or I'm – listen, if you guys don't know me well, you, you will eventually know that I'm kind of snarky in general and – that's why I, I strive so hard to be this woman of a gentle and quiet spirit because it doesn't come naturally to me. And sometimes that peace wins in me. It doesn't. Um, I'm not. I'm not great about always holding back my my snark and my, um, you know, just my, my thoughts on things. So sometimes though, it's not like there's a, a basket at the door of the church where I can drop that off as right. I walk in the door. Right? Like here, I'll pick Wouldn't this up on nice? my way back out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not how it works. So I hope that people. Give me grace, yeah, when I come in and I say stupid things, and yeah. I maybe say it in a way that's not helpful, yeah, because that happens sometimes
1: my pastor's wife and i we we call it being peopleoply, yes, on days that we wish people wouldn't be people <laughs> you, you know? just stop? yeah, could you could you not be people-y today, but that's really it's just people being people on days that you wish they wouldn't be, and I'm sure that there's been days that I have been people-y.
0: <laughs> sure. Ask my family. They'll tell you.
1: That's what I'm saying. They know. You know, and I like what you said, Megan, that the church is people. You know, really, we blame it on the church, but really, if we are to get right down to it, it's either one person hurts you or a couple of people hurt you. And it's not the church right, that hurts you. It's one or two people that hurt you. And really, it's our response to right. the hurt that's been inflicted to us is what's our responsibility. And you know, and the right. Bible says that they will know that we're his disciples by our love.
0: For my own story of of church hurt, it was a it was a leadership team that caused the hurt for me. And I'm not gonna lie, it was it was devastating for me at the time. My husband and I were living in Joplin and we uh he he had told me that he wanted a divorce and so we were um, struggling through that process. And Judy, the the guilt that already comes along with being a Christian, a believer, not just a Christian in name, but like a a, tr- a believer and knowing what the Bible says about divorce, the guilt that comes with going through that process yeah. is already overwhelming. Thank you. And nobody could make me feel worse than I was already feeling. Like I would spend hours every night pouring through the Bible, trying to find, well, I know now I was trying to find an an excuse, an exception, you know, like this is okay because this. I never found that. What I did eventually find much later was that divorce isn't like the point of no return (laughs) with God. Like he's not like, this isn't, you know, that's That's too that that sin, that that one sin, that's too far. He it, it wasn't like that with him. But the church that we were going to at the time had um, pulled me aside. The The senior minister and a couple of the deacons, leadership team, you know, leaders, had um, pulled me aside and said, Megan, our target audience is men ages 18 to 35. You don't fit that, but your your husband does. And so we don't think he will continue coming here if you come here still, even though there were two services and all that. And I can tell you now that my ex-husband never went back to that church, but I didn't know how to come back from that. That's a church hurt that goes far beyond someone not liking what you did with the decorations, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or that kind of thing. Um, And it took me a couple of years to really like work through that. And it finally took a friend of my daughter's parents, happened to be ministers at a church, And the mom invited me and and I kind of told her my story and she was like, well, come anyway. (laughs) And I was like, okay. You know, at first I wasn't really too sure about that. That church hurt didn't keep me from reading the Bible. It didn't keep me from trying to continue my own relationship with Mm. Christ. But it hindered greatly my ability to connect and to um, have support and to have that fellowship. Yeah. And I, I don't think people understand until you until you have to miss it, how important that fellowship piece is.
1: You know, Megan, when I went through um, the trauma in our world, I can remember trying to find a church in the area that I'm in and I would not tell them my last name for fear that they would judge me from what I had walked through. You know, I was, I was so scared of people prejudging me and not knowing my story the thing that i know about my life in walking through that cuz it took me a minute to recover yeah you know yes i do in my heart and in my mind and on the outside trying to be strong and lead my family and and be good literally be good and find a deeper place in jesus in the midst of all these things the very first thing that the lord asked me to do was just to release forgiveness and it wasn't just forgiveness for me. He wanted me to speak a blessing and pray for those who hurt me. Yes. And that's when this significant healing took place. It wasn't just saying, I forgive them. Because, you know, we can say, I forgive you, and that's great, and we're supposed right. to do that. And sometimes our feelings will line up later.
0: Right. And sometimes I have to say, I forgive you every day for the that's next I'm saying. five to 10 years before I actually, like, yeah. get to that. Yeah.
1: But when he said, I can remember for an individual that had hurt me, he said, I want you to bless them with everything you've ever asked me for. And I can remember driving by their place of work and praying for their family, for their finances, for their spiritual well-being, for everything that I had ever asked the Lord for. And I knew in that moment it wasn't just about that person. It was about my healing and that if I wanted to get better This was the very first thing I needed to do to be better.
0: The only cliche I can think of is goes against the grain. You know, I mean, he says, pray for your enemies. And I mean, this person might not be an enemy, but it's someone who has hurt you is, who has caused that kind of pain. It's hard to pray for them to the point where like, I've, I've sat there and I've tried to like, I, I'm a prayer journaler. Mm -hmm. So I write out most of my prayers just because I, I don't know why. I'm I'm an English teacher. I write in general. So that's just what I do. But there are times when I have to stop because I know that I'm supposed to be praying for that person and I just can't quite make myself let it go yet. Yeah. And so I have to like stop and kind of talk myself through it and like just write it. Yes. Just write it. Just, just pray it.
1: Yeah, Well, it is. And that's when I've seen this significant healing kind of take, I mean- right just a launching moment in my life is not just the forgiveness piece yes that was necessary and it's necessary anytime sure. you're hurt but when I begin to pray for them and be intentional about it because right. the Lord said I don't want you to just pray <laughs> don't just be them. flipping about yeah. it just go God bless them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean you know there are some things that we would tease about praying for them about you know but he said everything you've ever asked me for everything you've ever asked me for because at that time they had hurt me in such a way that I didn't want blessings of God on them. I'm I'm just gonna be honest. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I I didn't want anything good for them because they had hurt me. I'm I'm just kinda being vulnerable right now. No, yeah. But that's not what the Lord asked of me. You know, this is called spiritual maturity one oh one you know, right. yes. <laughs> this is where it's you hard. grow. It is, it, but it's where you grow. Anybody yeah. can say that, but you grow when you do the things that are hard, right. when you say yes to what everybody else says no to. And that's where I have seen repeatedly in my life when I grow and that broken place inside of me begin to heal. You know, the Bible says that he would heal the brokenhearted. And now, man, it's as if that happened to somebody else. Isn't
0: that crazy how that happens? Yeah. yeah. It truly is. Yeah. And I can tell you for like, I'm just thinking of certain circumstances where I know that like I've been able to do that or or even other people. I've seen where one person in the conflict has been able to do that and the other person has not. And you see the vast difference and in the, the thank you. well-being of of the two different people it's another one of those things where you know we were talking about God will bless you if you obey. That's it. God will bless you if you obey and take your Sabbath like you're supposed to. Go listen to those episodes if you haven't. God will bless you for praying for them.
1: That's it.
0: Isn't that just a crazy thing? Because it seems like such a simple thing. And I, I hate it when people say, Well, I'm I'm praying for you, but that's all I can offer. I'm like, Thank you. <laughs> like, please offer that. And that's the transitional one of those pet too. peeves yeah. though, where I'm like, don't just say good thoughts and I'm praying for you, like, unless you're actually praying for me, because like, yeah. I'm going to hold you to that. Like I'm, pr- I'm counting on your prayers. As a person who also has to pray for others, because I go through these things, because I'm human, I know the transitional power that comes with praying for someone else. And it's not always about them.
1: No, it's really, and in my situations, it has been about me yeah. growing and becoming who God created and purpose for me to be. Because if I can't get past that, right. then the enemy has kept me bound, you know, in, in a cycle. It, it, like you said, it's cyclical. You know what I'm saying? And that he'll just keep me there. And he's like, well, that wasn't hard. All I had to do was bring somebody to hurt your right. feelings or to hurt right? you. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I kept you in that place in Spiritual Maturity 101 when God wants me at, you know, 205, mm-hmm. but he said, it's not a big deal because all I got to do is send somebody to hurt your feelings or say something or watch somebody be hypocritical in, in public and they're posting things on Facebook that's, right. they're posting a scripture of the day, but you know, they're not, not acting like that. Well, it's it's not the people that we follow. It's Jesus.
0: Amen. I think we're in this post-COVID world of people not going back to church, right? Because yes. Because a lot of churches closed.
1: Not the strategy of the enemy absolutely
0: you know some people it was mandated that they couldn't meet a lot of people yeah. revolted against that just out of i think just sheer rebellion mm-hmm. of like well you're not going to tell me what to do again wrong heart set mindset heart set but but people who did stop going for good reasons you know like but it's time to go back it is it's time to go and and be a part of your community your church community and
1: Strengthen yourself.
0: Yes, and be fed. And it's not the same when it comes to their no. computer screen. You know, there might be a day where we have to do church through computer screen because whatever yeah. purpose, that's not today. No. You have this opportunity to be together and to serve together and to, you know, worship together. That's it. There's just something about that worshiping together piece that you just can't get on your
1: own. I know we say this many, many times, but I didn't know it until I went overseas of how wonderful it is to meet together. You right. know what I'm saying? They can't do that all the time over there. You know, we had a minister um, speak this last Sunday, and he talked about how the Bibles are rare over there. And I can remember going in, and speaking over there, and nobody but the pastor had a Bible in a building that was completely full of people. You know, and most of the time, we have several Crazy. Bibles in our home of several different translations. Yes. You know, and he was talking about how in their community, they so desperately wanted a Bible that they would... Um, cut out the book of Matthew and give it to one family. They would cut out the you know the oh. book of Mark and give it to another family. And they begin to cut out the different books of the Bible to give to the families in their community, so everybody would have a piece of the Bible to read because it was so rare, and because they they couldn't meet like we
0: meet, right?
1: And yet we, we just dismiss it. it. Yeah, we yeah. just dismiss it and and think that the that we're okay, right? And I know I keep talking about the strategy of the enemy. It's to keep us apart, once again, to keep us isolated and ostracized.
0: Well, yeah, because then he doesn't have to do, do anything. We'll do the rest. Yeah.
1: Then he makes it easy right, to keep us from that and to keep our gifts from being used in the house of God.
0: Right. It takes all kinds of people. Yes. I the, mean, that's why we're a body of Christ. Not Thank you. Not a blob.
1: It's an, right? <laughs> it's an incredible thing. And if he can keep you... From serving and being on a part of his purpose because somebody said something or didn't look at you right, or even it might be a legitimate reason of being hurt, but we right. just haven't been able to let go of that and move
0: forward. Right. All of those church hurts, you know, like we said at the very beginning, some of those things need to be addressed. Some of those things deserve acknowledgement and, and addressing. If you're not getting that at your, that church. Okay maybe that's not the place for you. Maybe you do find another church. Like, I mean, and that's okay to to find a place where where you're going to be because not all churches are created equal, I guess. Yeah. Like find the church that is reflecting Jesus. And churches grow too. When when people are the church, of course, we're still a work in progress. Yeah. It's, and I don't think you're probably ever going to find a place that's perfect. But I also don't want people to throw away their entire relationship with Christ or with other Christians because of of an, of an event. Like if I did that to every person who wronged me ever, I would never, I wouldn't have a family. I no. wouldn't have a husband. No. I wouldn't have a daughter. I wouldn't have, you know, parents because nobody's perfect and we've all had our ups and downs and this is a relationship just yeah. similar.
1: You know, I think sometimes we think that in the church that people can't make those mistakes. Right. I'm not saying that we shouldn't make them. I'm just saying that we're we're people. Yeah. That are broken and trying to heal. And, you know, we give grace in all the other areas of our life. If somebody messes it up at a restaurant, we don't quit going out to eat. Right. You know? I mean, we just either go back or um, we go to another restaurant, but we don't just completely quit eating out. Right. Because that restaurant messed it up. You know what I'm saying? And I think sometimes we, we're like, well I'm never going back to church because that person right. hurt me, right? And and we just dismiss the entire thing, and um and then the enemy keeps us out for this long period of time, and and has kept us in a, in a cycle of hurt. And that's not ever how God intended for it to be. No. And sometimes they don't know that they've hurt you. Sometimes they say that they're Christians, and
0: right. I don't but know. So that like they you are. have to find your yeah. You have to find the right place. Yeah.
1: And be careful not to like leave the place hurt. I mean, heal. That way you don't take that hurt into the next place. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Don't bring it out of that door and into another door. Um, allow there to be healing
0: in your heart and in your life. You know, we, When we started talking about the fact that we were going to talk about this today, I started thinking about what we really hoped this would be was practical application, right? So what do we do with that today? So, and we talked about asking for, I mean, not asking for forgiveness, but offering forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And that's huge and difficult and and such a vital part of us, not necessarily for them. You know, what's funny is I was just watching a a video somewhere. I don't know, TikTok, YouTube somewhere. I don't know. Anyway, she was talking about how uh, she had to forgive someone who had hurt her pretty publicly. And it was a celebrity Mm -hmm. woman. And she was talking about how she had to forgive. And then she said, and Sandy Bullock, and I thought it was funny that she called her Sandy and not Sandra Bullock, but she said, Sandy Bullock said, Came up and told me, you know, you got to forgive them because – not for them because they maybe don't even care. They may not even care that they hurt you. But you can't let it stop you from moving forward and like holding you back and keep reverberating through your mind. I was like, good point. And then to offer prayer for them is the next the, – like the biggest thing. I yeah. think it probably even moves into the forgiveness piece. Yeah. But man, I would love to encourage people to use their stories, to let God use your story yes. because you're not the only one going through it. For the longest time, I really thought that I was the only female in a church getting divorced that, <laughs> you know what I mean, that was dealing with this overwhelming guilt yeah. and and then the shame that came with that. And I'm not, yeah. I wasn't. Wasn't no. then, but nobody was talking to me about it.
1: No, and you know, um, as... As pastors, we had um, lost our two-year-old daughter, right. and we had lost pretty much everything that could be lost in our life. And, you know, I can remember, you know, when Paul got bit by the snake, he got, I call it getting bit on stage. <laughs> you know, you know, we've been bit. Everybody what, everybody's you. watching you. You know, what I'm saying? you know, everybody's been bit or hurt behind the scenes. But there's times that you feel like you've been bit on stage. And the whole world has mm-hmm. to watch you heal. You know, and I can remember asking the Lord, I said, why did the whole world have to watch me heal? Why did I have to get bit on stage? And years later, I had a, a gentleman come to me and he said, he said, you know, Judy, I watched you heal. And because of your continual love for Jesus and just continue just moving on and doing with the Lord just living mm-hmm. and healing in front of him he said I didn't quit and little did I know that somebody was watching me heal and that because of the way that we respond that somebody else didn't lose heart or lose their faith in Jesus and so maybe that's you today you know and maybe you feel like you've been bit on stage and the whole world's watching you heal Maybe somebody else is watching that.
0: Yeah. Somebody who needs that.
1: Yeah. And maybe your overcoming peace is their overcoming peace and that your victory is really their victory because your life is bigger than you.
0: Isn't that the truth? Yeah. I know we talked about this maybe in the very in- in the first interim, introduction yeah. episode about how there's a big picture that we don't see. That's it. When I was a, a youth minister, I talked to my, we were reading through Isaiah and we were talking about how there's like this little microscope and there's a big microscope that goes along with reading Isaiah. There were things, the little microscope, the things that were happening and he was prophesying for then right then and there. And it was happening there. But if you also looked through the big telescope at the same time, there was this big picture that was connecting to what we read later in revelation and like what's still to come even today, some Mm -hmm. of it. And so they like, that was something that we kind of applied throughout the rest of our time as a, a, you know, in, in that youth ministry was this idea of this little telescope and this big telescope. When you're in the thick of it, you've got this little telescope and that's all you can that's see right. a little microscope, right? So true. Really a microscope that, that um, you're so focused on what's happening to you and to, to those who are the closest to you. But there's always this big telescope always that we cannot see what's, what's coming, what's happening, who's watching, who's needing this. And I said it earlier, there have been so many people who have listened to my story who have had their own church hurts and didn't know how to deal with it or didn't know how to come back from it or just thought that they were alone in that. Please, guys, let God use your stories. I mean, it. it's, it's just a part of who you are now and scars and all, right? Like
1: right? You're not going to live on this life. And be associated with people and not have a few scars. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just just, it's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? I don't believe that any of us go into a marriage and think we're never going to fight or be offended right. at one another. I mean, it's, right. you're, if you're around people, it's going to happen. Matter of fact, to expect anything less is, is really kind of ignorant on our part. I I, I was trying to think of a word to supplement for you.
0: I don't know. I was like, naive? Yeah. yeah. like I mean, there's so many. I mean, because we don't expect that in a marriage. No, we don't expect that in any relationship. And if you do, then, well, then you're probably not going to be a very happy person saying successful in relationships. I am thinking in all about all of this, this topic in general. I guess, I don't know that there's a challenge for today. Well, I guess there is. Maybe it's twofold. Maybe your challenge is Church, don't, don't be hurtful. When you're walking in, you know, be the person who's going to value others above yourself. What's that, Ephesians? Ephesians, I think says, or maybe it's Philippians, that talks about don't be conceited. Don't be, you know, self, self-serving. self Put others above yourself. Yeah. Church, do that. Do that. And the other side of that, if you are a person who's gone through the church hurt and you've not found your way back through that, First of all, you can reach out to us. That's like it. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. You can send us DMs or PMs or emails or whatever. Like We are happy to talk through some of those things with you. But I hope you find your way back. I hope yes. that you will put your faith in Jesus and not in the people of the church. And I hope that you will take that first step. We talked about it last week. Yeah. Said, or maybe two weeks ago even, having to take that first step. And then God will come. The rest of it. And he might ask you to take another first step and then you're, he's going to come again. But like, do it.
1: Well, and these are our are therefores. Yeah. These are our call to action. I mean, once once we've been kind of enlightened with these things. What's your response? Yeah. And, you know, I want to encourage you that maybe you've been hurt and you have felt like you've been in that cycle and not been able to maybe even get off an emotional roller coaster, even some for years. Mm-hmm. That if you haven't forgiven that person, today's your day. Yeah. You know, and if you've forgiven them, but you're still like been fighting that hurt and that pain, have you been praying for them? Right. I know that's difficult. It's not a hard, it's not an easy thing. It's actually kind of hard. I mean, God didn't ask something that was easy, but he didn't ask us something that was impossible. No. And if he asks us to do it, it's easy to pray for somebody that loves us. Right. Right. But to pray for the person that intentionally, spitefully hurt us, that's when we overcome in that's a greater right way.
0: Jesus's words, right? That's it? Like pray, pray for, for those your, who spitefully who those those should. who hurt you because yeah, how easy is it to pray for and wish the best for? Those yeah. who love you, and they even ask, how "Well, how many times do I?
1: Yeah, I mean, how right. many times do I do this? You know, because sometimes you feel like you've been hurt yeah. by the same. Do I have same... to do this every day? Yeah, like seven but, times a day. Thank what do you. I do here? Yeah. yeah, and and he tells you know sometimes it's the same person or same people that hurt you repeatedly or have hurt you repeatedly, and and he said, yeah, seventy times seven a day. I mean, not a That's year. It's a lot. It is. <laughs> I mean, that's like 490 times a day. At some point, I think
0: I just walk away and go home. (laughs) That's what I'm saying.
1: (laughs) And I don't know that any of us have ever reached the 490 a day. Yeah. And so what God is asking us is not impossible. It's never impossible because he's with us. And if he asks us to do it, there's a reason. It's for our healing.
0: We keep saying. Yeah. He's asking. He tells us to do things for our benefit.
1: You know, and when I have, and I know, Megan, when you have, I changed.
0: Oh, yeah. For the better. You know, it always – we've talked about this before too, maybe not on air, but just the two of us about how those lows are really low, right? Yeah, the valleys. For sure. They're horrible places to be. But when you get to the mountaintop on the other side and you you don't even have to look back, like that's not even part of it. There's no looking in a rearview mirror or anything. It's just when you come through that, the biggest blessings – the most life-changing moments for me have come in the trials, and that doesn't mean that I'm praying for the trials. I hate those trials, but there's something about going through them where you just come out a little closer to God.
1: you do, and it's always in the valley that you learn who God is in your life.
0: Right. We don't know what it's like to need, and so sometimes he lets us go through that so that we remember that we rely on him, not, not us, not other people, not not our bank accounts, not our jobs. And would we really know that he
1: was all those things? Had right. we not walked through it? Not that I wish to walk through any of it again. Right, I, I, I'm, good. I'm good the yeah. first time around. Yeah. I'm saying. Like I could have read it in a book and i had been good. <laughs> <Yes. you know>? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I was like, can I just read it or talk to somebody and yeah. somebody tell me it was going to be okay. Um, I asked the Lord, I was like, can I just not go through like one thing? Some of the stuff. Some yeah. of the stuff, yeah. Um, but I wouldn't be the person I am today. Sometimes in weird ways you're thankful for valleys.
0: Praise him in the in the joys and in the sorrows. So there's your challenges, guys. Don't be a church that hurts. And if you are hurting, start working on making your way back. Take that one step. Through prayer, through forgiveness, through finding a church that loves. That loves. That will love you. Seems like a good place to end. Okay, guys, so we will see you next week. Or talk to you next week, I guess. We won't see you. We'll talk to you next week. And we hope that you guys have a wonderful, blessed week. Bye, guys.